Hi there, this is Marluz, and you're listening to the Create Your Normal podcast. In this podcast, we discuss all kinds of different things. We discuss how you can create your own normal, how you can create your best life possible, a life that really fits your values and fits whatever feels good to your own heart. And because we talk about personal development, personal growth, self-love, all those good things in this podcast, I thought that it would be fun to talk about something that some people really try to avoid at all times, um, and that is fail- failure. Um, I think it's such an interesting topic, and I always am interested in people's stories, I guess, um, because a lot of, I think, I would say most of the uh, successful people that I know they've gone through a lot of failure in their life and I don't know anyone that has had a perfect smooth ride into the job or into the field that are currently in Um, we all experience failure it's part of our life and it's an essential part and if you ask me it's a part where we don't talk about enough we have to talk about failure more and on that note i just wanted to um briefly share a quote that jk rowling said during her harvard commencement speech um and it's a quote about failure here it is it is impossible to live life without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might have might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. Isn't that so powerful? So what the quote basically says is that we all fail. There is no side way of, or no escape to failure. Unless you are living so cautiously and trying to live so perfectly that you don't really experience life to the fullest. You don't really live your life to the fullest because we don't want to live like we need to be so cautious all the time, right? We need, we want to live and we want to try and we want to experience and we want to smell different aromas and taste different flavors and that's what our life is all about and then it's up to you to decide which flavor which aroma fits me the best and so that's how i see failure um and i must say that it hasn't always been the case like that um i was a very very perfectionistic person i actually think it's funny because i am such a huge fan of brene brown And she also shares that she was a recovering perfectionist. And I had to laugh so hard because that's me. She was, I felt like she was describing me. And I feel like all of us come to a point in life that we discover, okay, what is the essence of what is truly important in our life, right? What can I do and what am I truly good at? And if you come to that point and you feel 
because you operate from something that is dear to your heart, something that is truly powerful and something that you think you can add value in your most meaningful way. If you fail by doing that, that's not really failure, if you ask me. That's just a little sidetrack to success. And that's why I think it's so important because some of us, including my younger self, really, really take certain failures. Let's let's just keep calling it failures because that's easier. But I would, if I could rephrase it, I would just say that it's a side sidetrack to success. But yeah, some of us, and including my younger self, are so kind of discouraged when we experience failure and might might feel like the world comes to an end right it might feel that oh my god i can't look myself in the eye after trying this initiative and i got all these people excited about it and then i didn't continue that happened for me as well but isn't that so powerful that you put yourself out there and that you made yourself so vulnerable again i'm paraphrasing um, Brene Brown because she has one of the quotes uh, that she also uses and that her philosophy is also based on upon um, and yeah it's about putting yourself out there it's about being in the arena of of trial and error and that's so interesting I'm going to look at up that quote one second. So yeah, the quote, here it comes. It's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who face is whose face is mirrored by dust and sweat and blood, who strives fervently, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself, himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he falls, at least fails, and if he fails, excuse me, at least fails while, while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I'm sorry if that was not exact, but it's so powerful. And that's where her book is based and her philosophy kind of is based on. It's about putting yourself out there in the arena in and that's why the 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 quote is called the man in the arena i would like like to say the man or woman in the arena right um but yeah uh it's so powerful it's about putting yourself out there and that's what failure is all about um if we all try to strive to be perfect in this life i'm just gonna tell it to you it's not gonna happen so i'm sorry if you're trying at the moment to be perfect in whatever you're doing you are gonna make mistakes so um just know that and know that every mistake 
can bring you something positive, something that you can learn from, something that you would possibly do different in the future. And so, and it took me a long time, I have to admit, because I wish I was, I wish I was a bit less stubborn when I was younger, but I wasn't. Um, I was the person that would get super upset when I failed. I was the person that couldn't accept myself failing because I needed to be successful by all means. And that meant that that certain project or that certain job or that certain something had to work out. So I couldn't really face that at the moment. And looking back, that had to do with my own ego. It had to do with the fact that I wasn't ready to admit to myself that I wasn't perfect and I was never going to be perfect. And my ego was very much leading my life at that moment. Um, and that all has to do with a sense of insecurity within myself. I was very, I was a very insecure girl growing up and I had a lot of um, kind of over screaming, overpowering myself with things that I needed to do in order to be successful. And that was something that I needed to do because I thought I needed to do that in order to be accepted. And luckily now I've come to the realization that even if I made mistakes, people that truly matter in my life, they're still going to love me. They're still going to accept me for who I am. And so I don't need to be perfect. I'm allowed to make mistakes and we all are. So while we're still making I was still talking about mistakes and failure. I thought it would be fun to share all my failures, <laughs> at least the big ones, because um, I guess we fail on a daily basis, right? I mean, if you cook some new recipe and it didn't taste the way you hoped, it might be a small failure, but you might um, use different ingredients the next time. But no, I'm talking about big things in life and it's, it's those things that you don't want to put on your resume. It's those things that you don't necessarily congratulate yourself with or talk about too much because why should you be proud of your mistakes, right? And that's something that I also want to briefly touch upon because as I said, I'm I was I grew up in the Netherlands and we have a very entrepreneurial climate and I'm from an entrepreneurial family, so my, my mother, for example, she I grew up seeing her run her own business and everything. But still, it's very much a mentality here that we shouldn't congratulate ourselves with our successes too much. Whereas when you look at the US, for example, they are much more open-minded when it comes to celebrating business success, when it comes to celebrating failure. Uh, for example, if you started a business and you... For example, you started a startup, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, it wasn't successful in the end. That's something you can pride yourself with in the U.S. Whereas in, if you look at that in the Netherlands, people pity you or people kind of emphasize on the fact that it's so bad for you that it didn't work out, right? And and that's kind of what I sometimes miss. And I guess that's part of the reason that I'm not so drawn to to the Netherlands per se. I've lived in different countries throughout my life. So I lived in, in England, in London, in Canada, and 
um, most recently also in Portugal. And besides that, I've traveled for different jobs to different countries. So I guess I really like the international environment. Um, at least I find them to be more open-minded to these kinds of ideas. Um, that's just something I experienced. Please touch it out there if you experienced um, anything different. Let me know. I'm curious to hear your experiences on this. But yeah, where was I? I wanted to share my failures. Um, and hopefully you can laugh with me. So maybe you pause the podcast and grab a chai latte or a good cup of tea or coffee or whatever. Some cup popcorn and listen to my failures. Um, and I would love to hear your failures as well. I'm curious to hear about the things that shaped you, the things that you've learned from. And that's why I said I don't necessarily in hindsight see them as things that I failed at in life, whereas I used to see them like that. But now I see them more as something that I tried and I thought I wanted to do at the moment, but it didn't work out. So, yep, I wrote down six for you guys. So let's start with the very first one. So the first one that I kind of recalled was when I was 19, I I was already, I had worked in many side jobs. It's very common in the Netherlands to work in a cafe or start a little side job when you're still in high school. So I did that many different, um, many different jobs I had. Um, but let's talk about that later. But yeah, one of them was when I was 18 or 19, I, one of the two. I thought it would be cool because I had not much experience. I didn't have much experience in working in a restaurant. So I thought it would be cool to become a waitress. And I chose one of the fanciest restaurants in my hometown. And they served really, really high quality food. And I decided I wanted to be a waitress there, just to give it a try. So I had to learn, I have to learn the entire wine cards um, with like 20 different wines. And I was so nervous because I didn't, I didn't recall all of them. I didn't know what I was doing. And if you kind of know me, I'm, I'm somewhat clumsy and I am definitely not the person that should be a waitress. <laughs> And I really applaud all of you that work in in restaurant industry. It's not an easy job, definitely. So anyway, I wanted to try that. So first off, I did all of the things wrong that you could think of. I couldn't remember all the wines on the cards. I gave different the wrong wines to different people. I served them the wrong food. Um, and eventually I had to carry a... Uh, a lot of different plates up the stairs because there was a stairs um, going to the first floor and so I had like four or five different plates on my hands and I tried to carry them all together up the stairs and you might already know where this is gonna head I fell from the stairs with all my plates in my hand and all the food ended up on the floor and it must have been hundreds of euros that fell on the floor when it comes to food. 
And that was the end of my waitress career. Let's just keep it like that. <laughs> so I remember when I came home that day, I was so happy. I said, mom, dad, I got fired. I'm so happy. So I was already celebrating my failures at the time without really realizing it, I guess. Um, something else that I might have failed at is when I finished my bachelor's at 21, I also had lived in London for a while and I wanted to do something different. And I've always been interested in content creation, journalism, everything like that. And the only master's that was international uh, was an international master's in the north of Holland. And so I kind of decided from one day to another, I'm just going to move from Amsterdam to the north of the Netherlands. And I didn't really know anyone there, but I just thought it was a cool idea and that master's was there. It's going to be a new experience. It's going to be all fine. What I didn't really realize is that I quit my entire social life in Amsterdam. So I moved out of my home. I left my roommates. I left my hockey team, my dance classes, everything. And so when I was there, I didn't really know anyone. And of course you meet new people. But while I was there, I soon realized maybe after the second week that this was not what I had intended. This was not what I had in mind at all. It was very based on practical things. And I was just interested in more theory. And I was very into research at the moment. So I wanted to have more, um, yeah, more research-based master. And this was just very practical. It was about writing news articles and approaching local newspapers and that just wasn't what I expected at all. And um, yeah, it just it wasn't what I wanted. And I made the decision to go there. I even organized the whole um, goodbye party. And after a couple of weeks, I moved back to Amsterdam, found myself a job. And a couple of months later, I started my other master, which I did end successfully, luckily. But yeah. That was also like a sidetrack in something that I thought I really wanted, but in the end, I didn't. So we're at the third point of third event, third failure event here. Um, some of my listeners might know me from that period. In 2015, I graduated my master's and I just came back from Canada as well and I was so inspired um, and I I've always been quite a creative person so I thought it would be the best thing to start a fashion blog because I love fashion and I love writing so it made perfect sense what I didn't really calculate is that it you can't make a living from one day to another off of a fashion blog and I did some random jobs next to it in order to um, maintain myself basically but I was kind of overworked doing that because I didn't have a clear business strategy in mind after a couple weeks it started going really well and I got some 
um, I even got some collaborations and I had like a couple thousand visitors on a daily basis on the website so it was quite good I have to admit so I did something right and so that's why I wouldn't call it a complete failure but at the time I thought it was because I realized that I was promoting or I was putting myself out there on really fashion related things and I necessarily didn't necessarily wanted to promote fast fashion I didn't necessarily feel like promoting different clothes on my Instagram and that was not something I was I felt like my mi- was my mission to promote clothing. Now, in hindsight, I would have loved to continue that and promote more sustainable clothing. And who knows, maybe I'm going to do that in the future on my Instagram. But yeah, I would have loved to continue that. And I guess if I had more security within myself, that I would have pushed through and I would have uh, it would have led me in a different direction because just promoting clothing um it just wasn't for me i guess it's totally fine if you if that's your job and um but just solely doing that was just something missing for me and at the same time because i put myself out there i was putting myself out there as the man in the arena from the quote that i um paraphrased in the in the beginning of this podcast is that I put myself out there and I was, I think in hindsight, that was pretty cool of myself. It was pretty cool to just be like, okay, I don't care. I'm just going to start a fashion blog from tomorrow on. And that's kind of how I handled a lot of things in my life. And being intuitive and being impulsive, so to say, sometimes can work out in your favor sometimes because... um, You just have something in mind and you really want that. So you're just going to do it in a moment. It's kind of been the same with the podcast. I just had the idea and the next day I worked for hours and hours on how to create your own podcast, how to put it on Spotify and all the other streaming services, how to, how to, how to, how to. But it did bring me to record this podcast. So I would say that impulsive behavior is not always bad. But it is bad if you don't really have an intent or you're not planning to do it on the long term and really push through the difficulties. Because, of course, when I was doing that fashion blog, difficulties arose. And if I would be more mindful with the business strategy, how I could make an extra buck from it, how I can sustainably grow my audience... And how I could also ignore the haters, because I realized that I had a ton of haters. Um, People were just making fun of me, of suddenly putting myself out there like that. Um, They were just looking at me differently and yeah, just making fun. And that was very discouraging for myself and it kind of put me in a negative and downward spiral because I felt like people were not supporting me. And in hindsight, it's good because it's clearing out all those that are not really truly supporting you. So in hindsight, my lesson there was that pushing through and being being also regular with your content is so important when you want to start a business. And if it's not perfect, that's fine. Um, people are going to see through that and people are going to notice that your real intent is pure and is honest and is something that's from your heart so 
yeah, that's something that I do look back on as a really valuable lesson. So for those of you out there wanting to start something, please do it and you'll see if it fits you and if something else fits you better, you'll notice right away. So we come to my fourth failure. I I hope you still have your popcorn there or (laughs) maybe you're sipping on your chai latte. Um, And maybe you're also reminiscing about your own failures in the meanwhile. Um, But I hope you can just have a good laugh about this together with me. But also realize that the failures that you had, all of them, um, brought you to where you are today. And yeah, it gives you a new perspective on life. So let's talk about the fourth failure, the fourth big failure that I um, endured. So, um, one of the things that I did is because I was always very interested in, um, in governmental organizations, human rights, NGO, I worked in that space for a couple years. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do is to work for one of the biggest human rights NGOs in London. Um, and I did get accepted there. So I, again, quite impulsively I know that's kind of has been my nature but I have worked on it and it's becoming less and less but again so this was a huge learning lesson for me I moved to London my second time um, to work for this human rights NGO and soon I noticed that I didn't really fit in the team and that I didn't feel like this is going to benefit me in any way. I just knew I was out of place. I didn't feel comfortable. Um, and I also didn't really feel valued when it comes came to my salary. And people in the end always said, you had to push through, you had to push through. It was a good learning curve. But I also was not in the best mental health state at that moment. And I think some people forget that that's also possible because... Sometimes we want people to push through or sometimes we really are their biggest cheerleaders when it comes to certain projects and we are kind of discouraged and we, yeah, we think it's a pity that they stopped, but you can't really look into someone's life. So that was a big thing for me. I, because of my mental health and I, I needed to put things in order, I came back to the Netherlands again and It was a huge learning curve for me because I had to come back to myself, to my essence, what makes me happy. And yeah, so I did. I went back to the Netherlands. I focused on eating the right foods, doing my yoga, doing my meditation, everything. And I felt a lot better. But it was very discouraging at that moment. I'm not gonna um, glamorize failure in any way. Like, I'm with you if you just, I don't know, went through a huge failure. I'm with you. I'm not going to glamorize it. It sucks. It sucks. Failure can really suck. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to glamorize that at all. So, yeah. And then, you know, really dealing with it and really coming to terms with the fact that something didn't work out. And that you have to do more self work on yourself, more more personal development, sometimes can really suck. And sometimes 
I guess for most of us that are in our teens or 20s, there's so much trial and error going on and then it can feel so tiring, right? To again um, step out of your comfort zone, again pick yourself up from the ground, again pick yourself out there, right? Sometimes it just feels tiring. So I'm with you, I've been there and definitely not going to glamorize that. So we come to the fifth big failure that I had. And um, yeah, this is also an interesting one. So maybe you've noticed that I'm quite an entrepreneurial person that I've always, I like to start different projects and try new, new things and yeah, come up with new ideas. And one of the things that I wanted to do because I got really into sustainability I'm really into zero waste and at one moment I try to create a less trash as possible and I all encourage all you listeners out there to take your reusable water bottles, use um, use reusable pads, I don't know, whatever you can do um, to create less trash, definitely do it, I encourage it, I also am in the movement of creating also less plastic for the ocean for the aquatic life for um the things that end up in our food stream all of that it's just better for everyone if we create less trash so i'm super passionate still about sustainability so hence why i thought it would be such a good idea to create a trashless so a a dishwashing detergent that was packaged in a sustainable packaging so it was reusable so i put it in glass jars and then my idea was to put only um, sustainable ingredients in them um, so that was organically sourced so overnight i kind of became a biochemist and i started talking to biochemists and about formulas of dishwashing detergents and I got so into it and so excited because I realized that you know all the chemicals that also you use when using dishwasher detergent for example or laundry detergent end up in your clothing end up on your plates and again end up in your body in your bloodstream and can have serious health effects so that's why I got so excited about it so again, I tried to do this and I tried to become this biochemist person overnight, which I wasn't. And I was still doing a full-time job besides that. And I had a hard time with the consistency of it. And I remember because I did this together with my sister, we created like 10 or 20 batches. And over time, like over a couple of days, they the structure of the dishwashing detergent totally clumped together kind of because it had too much water molecules in them apparently i don't know but it turned out that we didn't have the good consistency and that it was going to be really hard to make a profit on the structure that we put in place and that's basically all of the stock that we bought to create our detergents was not really usable because it was too much water in them and 
it was not going to be a profitable business. We did use it in our own laundry and dishwashing um, uh, at home. So luckily we were able to use it in some kind of useful way. But yeah, I could say that you could easily say that that's a failure. You could say that that was not a success. And I didn't feel like finishing it because, or at least I didn't feel like putting putting through this business ID because I realized that I am not excited about really, really doing all the work for product development. I'm not a product developer. I'm good at motivating people. I'm good at creating new ideas, but don't ask me about the execution of it. I'm so bad at it. So that was a huge learning lesson in the fact that I am not the best person, I guess, when it comes to really getting to the core of certain business structures and profit and finance and all of that that comes with it. I need someone besides me that is a bit less chaotic, a bit less, you know, with my creative brain, I go from left to right, from forth to back, and there's a lot of good ideas, but the execution, I really need someone to help me with. So I really, really realized that, okay, this is not my path, but it was a super valuable lesson. And then we come to the sixth and final failure, which kind of go hand in hand with the fifth one, because the laundry dishwashing detergent didn't work out, I decided to start a zero waste web shop. And it actually is still online and we do sell some products, just like bamboo tento- bamboo toothpaste, uh, bamboo um, toothbrushes, um, just organic soap, all those things that you can buy in a lifestyle shop um, to lower your environmental footprint and I still am as I said really excited about it Um, I'm a huge fan of Lauren um, the founder of the um, uh, uh, package free shop in New York and I've been following her a lot and I think what she does is amazing for the environment creating this whole movement of young people that are into zero waste living and yeah I couldn't talk about that enough but Probably let's do a whole episode about creating less waste and how you can really create less waste and yes, have a better impact on the environment in your daily lifestyle choices. Because that's something I'm passionate about. It's just not something I'm necessarily good at when it comes to business, but that was one of my failures. So um, now I shared six of my somewhat biggest failures in my life and again looking back on it I do see that I have really valuable lessons in all of them so I'm grateful and I'm just putting it out there that I'm grateful that I had these failures I thank the universe for teaching me a lesson every day when it comes to failing because if everything just would run smoothly and everyone would agree with all your ideas all the time wouldn't that be a very boring world and wouldn't it be very discouraging because you don't really have something to approve on at least that's why how I like to look at it I always like to look at things from the bright side 
from the positive side and yeah I just I'm really into personal development as I said so this was just my learning curves to becoming more yeah more aware of what truly matters to me and what fits me so I want to end this episode with that Um, I hope you're all doing well and I would love to hear about your uh, stories of failures please comment them in my um, Instagram feed and um, yeah that would be amazing to share that if you have any other questions, please also put them in my Instagram feed. I'm still trying to figure out how to put a comment section or anything like that into this podcast. Um, but for now, I want to thank you for listening. I hope to uh, see you or hear you um, tomorrow in the next episode because I'm doing this daily podcast now, at least until the 6th of April. So I hope you tune in every day. And I hope you have an amazing day or night or evening or whatever it is. Um, I send you all the love and kisses. Okay, ciao, ciao.